Well, hello and welcome to Finding Our Way, our Southridge Church member podcast designed to give people the inside scoop on life in our church. Here's our host and lead pastor, Jeff Lockyer. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of Finding Our Way and uh, just a real exciting month that we get to engage in now in July as we hear from some of the emerging gen voices around our church community. And uh, I'm excited to sit down with a guy who uh, has become a friend over the last number of years from our St. Catharines location, Zach Wells. Zach, say hi to everybody. Hi, everyone. Uh, thank you for inviting me on your show. I'm really privileged to be a part of it. This is going to be a lot of fun, especially with the accent. So uh, we can tell that you're you're not necessarily Niagara born and raised, Zach. So give us the backstory on your life, where you're from, and uh, how you ended up here. Yeah, so uh, it's I don't know, maybe obvious for some, but I'm Australian, born uh, southeast of Australia, uh, country Victoria. If you're not familiar with it at all, um, yeah. So um, really, my background is I spent born and raised in Australia, in and around Australia, Pacific Islands, off the off the coast of Australia. Um, how I ended up in Canada was actually through um, my now wife. I met her in, in Australia. Um, we we dated and lived together for a, uh, about a year in Australia, and then we, we moved to Canada together. So um, that's how I ended up here in the, the Great North. And uh, do you want to talk about how... You kind of got associated with Southridge or what that looks like these days? Yeah, so I was introduced to Southridge uh, through my wife and her family uh, when, I, when I first moved to Canada, which was actually a move to St. Catharines. Um, and then, uh, you know, I moved away from St. Catharines and eventually came back a couple of years. And, you know, I started working at the shelter um, in the evenings, doing one day a week. And, you know, and now I... I attend the South St. Catharines location and yeah, I, I try to get involved the, the best way I can in any way that I need to need to be where my help is needed. And yeah, so that's, that's how I kind of got involved with Southridge. And you're in the middle of a home reno. Do you want to talk yeah. about that and just what you're up to for the rest of your work world and just what's going on there? Oh yeah. So uh, yeah, about, it's a, a very busy period of time in my life. I, you know, I've, I've got the new uh, a newborn, uh, like a young daughter, and she's eight months old. And then, uh, in the process of renovating our family home, um, pretty well, full gut out and start from the, um, you know, the the ground up almost. And uh, yeah, for like for, for work, I you know I I work as a um, you know in in maintenance management. So, um, you know, I I just look after assets for a manufacturing company and. Yeah, so I do that full time and then work in the evenings on the house and try to get as much family time in as I can. Which isn't much when you're doing a full gut home reno, is it? <laughs> no, no, it's, not, it's enjoyable work, but uh, yeah, nonetheless, it, it can be feel like work sometimes. <laughs> For those listening, Zach is experiencing his first round of uh, bit off more than he can chew. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, uh, Tell the story of of how you your kind of your early season connecting at Southridge. You know your first experiences at our services. You came with your now wife Heather. She wasn't your wife at the time. Nope. Uh, talk about the story of how that happened and and just you know as a younger person, this whole month is devoted to 
fresh perspectives and uh, some of the voices of our emerging gen and emerging gen leaders. You know, what was it about Southridge that kind of grabbed your attention and, and started to sort of work for you, if we can describe it that way? Yeah, so when I, when Heather and I were dating, uh, we shared almost completely opposite views on faith. You know, I, I had like a very distant relationship or even if a relationship with Christ and with faith, um, you know, I, I was brought up in the Catholic uh, church as a child, but I never established a relationship. And, you know, I, I moved away and then I got to a point where I could almost call myself an atheist. But, um, you know, when I came to Canada, um, as you know, Heather and her family are very, very involved with uh, Southridge. You know, they no no pressure no uh expectation to join along but they invited me to come along and you know i i got got to meet yourself and many people that attend southridge and you know it was a very warm welcoming um place to to be to be involved to attend um so that was the initial first impressions um that i got of uh southridge and then as the time got on, you know, I, I, you know, I decided to get more involved with Southridge. I attended the Alpha Alpha courses and, you know, um, marriage mentorship programs that Southridge offer. And um, yeah, and the, the success was that I was able to return to faith and form a re- relationship with God once again. So it's all, all around, the, you know, uh, it's been a great experience to be involved with Southridge. And when you when you think about what sort of worked or, or clicked for you? I mean, a generation ago, Southridge was led by 20-somethings, and so it wasn't surprising when 20-somethings tracked with our community. You know, now we're led by almost 50-somethings. And so as a 20-something, what is it that kind of grabs your attention or uh, you know, helps kind of connect your your interest or your desire even to explore faith in a community like ours. So I would say Southridge isn't afraid to challenge the status quo of religion or faith, what it should look like. You know, uh, as the emerging gen, the younger generation at the moment, we're, we're living in a time that's really dynamic and, cha- and challenges and expectation and opportunities. There's a lot of things happening in our society at the moment. But you know the, the the thing that I found with Southridge and what led me to the place of uh, developing a relationship and building faith again was that it, it Southridge teaches you how to live a life of Christ no matter the environment. You know, we we get used to consumeristic behavior and you know of grandeur and all these you know uh, what our life should look through to, through the lens of social media and expectations of you know religious expectations and whatnot. Um, but you know that the Southridge really, I found grounded, brought everything back to basics. And, you know, it, it taught you how to live a life through Christ and through faith and through sharing love. It, like it's a very genuine environment. If we drill into that a little bit deeper, um, you know, you, you launched into this faith journey or, or relaunched into this faith journey at Southridge that eventually re- resulted in your baptism a little while ago. And uh, I'm just wondering in kind of the from and to, like, how would you have described your faith 
when you started connecting with Southridge? You said you came from a Roman Catholic background and you and Heather were in different places, but how would you have described yourself at that point? I would say that my faith tank was on the low side, if I'll be truthful. When I first started, I, you know, I, I didn't feel a place for myself holding faith at that time when I first joined. I, it was, I was very distant from it. Um, either, and then it was what actually got me along was the actual alpha course and, you know, really reflecting back on my life and seeing the part that God had in on my life without me ever knowing that, you know, uh, God was there. That's, that's where I first started. And that's where I started asking and, you know, really reflecting and, um, you know, digging deep in myself to ask the hard questions about what I truly believe in and what I truly feel. And, and you know, it's through Southridge and through my, my uh, Heather and my wife and her family that led me to baptism. You know, there was a, um, a phrase in the alpha course that actually stuck to me at the time. And I did, I did this uh, on my baptism video was uh, Revelation 3.20, and that was the phrase of, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. And uh, if any man hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and will sup with him and he with me. And, you know, that's stuck with me through my entire faith journey over the last few years is that, you know, I looked back on my life and saw what I thought were coincidences and they you know, I kind of come to the realization that they weren't so, but it was up to me to allow faith back into my life. I had to open the door for Jesus. And that's what led me to baptism. Hmm. If someone's listening and they've, you know, they're kind of teetering on the edge, not really sure if faith and and the person of Jesus is for them um, with an eye on launching back into to alpha courses across our three locations this fall, what would you say to someone about specifically alpha and giving that a shot? I, I think, I think alpha is best, you know, especially if you're explore, you know, you're, you're not necessarily uh, quote unquote mature in, in your faith journey, but you're, you're just starting out and that's what the alpha course is really um, targeting but it's just to approach it with an open mind, you know, to, it's a safe space to ask whatever questions, you know, to, to probe and talk to people um, and of the community that are very mature in their, in their, um, in their faith. But it's, a, it's, it's there for you to really dig deep and find um, um, uh, what you need from it and what, you you know, what, where, where you stand on it and, really truly uh, um, arrive at the place that you, you feel you could. Yeah, we've had Shayla Visser, the, the president of Alpha Canada, on our podcast this year. And if someone wanted to listen, scroll back. I think she was in January of 2022. Scroll back and, and listen to her experience if you, you need a little bit more convincing. But keep an eye on this fall because we're going to certainly launch into another round of, of Alpha courses for people to take. Um, I'm wondering, Zach, like since then, uh, how have things been been growing in your life? You you and Heather, uh, you know, have you connected with with friends, life group? I know, obviously, with the with the shift a week at the shelter, 
you know, you've met a few people there, but how's that, how's that connection going? What's, what's contributing to your growth these days? It's definitely the relationships that I have formed with Southridge is, um, you know, I, I really enjoy the, uh, teaching sessions on the Sunday and, you know, worship and, and, you know, it's a great place to see everyone and congregate. Like I really enjoy those, uh, my, the Sundays, but, uh, you know, the life group, um, that Heather and I are involved with, you know, it's, it, it's a really in supporting environment and it's once again it's the you know it's open table for any form of discussion um you know challenges that any one person may be facing you know you really are as the quotes goes you know doing life together and it it's a it's a it's a really great place um yeah and it, like i've met like a lot of fantastic people through the church and you know, just really kind, genuine people. And at times they can be very difficult to come across with in, you know, your, your everyday life. Yeah, it's a bit awkward at first, especially from a, a newer to faith background. It's a little awkward to meet people and start talking about soul level, you know, spiritual things. Yeah, but yeah. if you get used to it a little bit, uh, you find, wow, this is a this is a kind of relationship. It's a kind of connection, a kind of conversation that I don't have elsewhere. And uh, really, in that sense, it's kind of one of a kind, isn't it? Yeah, it, it is. Yeah. And um, you're right in saying that it is not comfortable, um, you know, exploring your, the, you know, your, your soul and, you know, how, what faith actually means for you because you know like a lot of the time you don't ask yourself those hard questions you don't um allow yourself to analyze and reflect on those deep seated questions that reflect your soul and you know what it actually means for you to be you and um yeah and it, like it's it's difficult to expand on that in the with a community of people that you're not really that familiar with but you know time comes when you realize that, you know, there's no real judgment. There's no judgment there. That's, you know, the, it's an open space. You're free to let it all out and, and discuss it. Yeah, that's great. Um, really appreciate you sharing that part of your story and journey. And uh, I hope that people listening were encouraged. I, I want to switch gears because uh, yesterday in our uh, Sunday services, we talked about this this investment into our emerging gen that I've been making together with a, a former mentor of mine named John Garner. And uh, I know you've been participating in this investment in the last couple months, this emerging gen pizza night. Based on your experiences in that, Zach, what, what, what would you say is kind of the heartbeat these days of our emerging gen of leaders when it comes to the church and kingdom? What are you, what are you picking up there? I, I want to say like a drive towards equality. And, and I, I mean, um, in a sense that realizing and spreading, knowing that Jesus's love is for everyone, you know, no one, um, you know, is denied his love. Everyone has a place in the kingdom of, that God has created. And, you know, we, we see a, time in our society where there is the haves and have nots and you know you're vaccinated or unvaccinated you know there's all, all this you know 
divides happening. And I think I think the you know the emerging gen really want everyone to be included as one. And I, I, like I feel that's the drive. I feel that there is you know the spread and wanting everyone to know that Jesus's love for is for everyone. It's interesting you talk about the emerging gen wants everyone to be one. I know we've talked about this love beyond belief concept many times over the last number of years in our community. We've done podcasts on it if people from outside of Southridge want to explore or investigate it further. But that unity and diversity and that value of being part of an environment where not everyone has to believe the same things about everything all the time, that's captivating to the emerging gen, isn't it? It, it is, yeah. And it's... Um, I think it's, it's not only, uh, important for the, um, community of Christians to be able to have that, um, open mindedness to that and know that, you know, everyone is deserving of Jesus' love, but it's important as in a societal sense that, you know, we're exposing ourselves to different cultures and we learn to accept and see things from their point of view. Um, cause the world is only going to become more and more multicultural and, you know, we, we have to live and learn to, to be and succeed together. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's a great point. Um, anything that you've picked up either in the sessions that we've gotten into, or just in your conversations with other emerging gen people and leaders that your generation wants to see less of, what do they want to see less of in the church these days? Yeah, and I think that just goes back onto like the equality sense, like less of a divide, less of, you know, this is what this is you have to like the religious rule keeping, you know, that um you did a sermon on some time ago. Um, the less of the the expectations to conform to a set like an expectation or an image, you know, um that kind of uh places a barrier for for people to enter in and i like that that just goes on to the equality sense and to knowing that it's for everyone you know as long as we learn to love each other and to love it's that's the most important thing Hmm. when you look around at your peers and see them contributing and and making a difference what's the unique difference that you see the emerging gen bringing to the church today and even to our future I, I think the emerging gen, uh, like, you know, we're living a, a time where tech, where we have to be tech uh, savvy. <laughs> I think the yeah. emerging gen, the, the grow, you know, it's amazing that I could see these young kids and they do like incredible things with code and stuff. But that, any, the, the emerging gen to um, adapt technology in order to spread word and to, um, you know, regardless of the geographic location, you know, they, um, they can connect people, connect groups and communities, you know, it can really make a, an impact in broader society rather than, you know, um, you know, just the immediate community. Um, I think uh, the emerging gender quite environmentally conscious as well. Um, and that's something that, you know, you see a lot of impact, a lot of thought towards, a lot of consciousness towards as, you know, as people living on earth, you know, what is our impact and how can we reduce that impact? I think that's kind of the things that 
um, is brought to uh, the faith community. Mm-hmm. Um, these kind of conversations have you know, started to now drive some experiments that we're doing even even this month, you know, between the podcasts and the series and things like that. Talk about uh, this emerging gen pizza night and, you know, what you've experienced there. How, how has that worked? Has it been fun? What have you learned? And how has that started to kind of engage the conversation with our emerging gen of leaders? Yeah, so uh, the pizza night, open floor, uh, ask the questions that you, you need. You know, it's, uh, it's, it's good to see that, you know, the emerging gen is participating, getting involved with that. You know, they, a lot of people ask them really thought-provoking questions, um, challenges that they've been facing. And it, it's good to get that out on the floor so everyone knows and feels that, oh, hang on, I'm not the only one experiencing that. You know, this is actually a challenge for our community or our for our society. You know, like I, through um, these pizza nights, I, I see like almost like a real need for the emerging gen to have mentorship in in the changing dynamic environment that like that that they live in. You know, like a a lot of the uh, emerging leaders leaders are like finishing university and. Um, you know, they're getting married, engaged, they're embarking on these big life-changing events. But whilst at the same time, we're in a post-pandemic, you know, society and there's political um, um, disputes and whatnot in the world, there's always seems to be some form of crisis that's existing around us. So um, navigating that and navigating... Um, you know, the change, rapid change in their life. It, it, you know, I just see like the questions that are being brought forward to these open floor nights that, you know, there's like, like I can see a need for mentorship. It's interesting with, especially with John Garner, who, uh, you know, he and I kind of did the conversation yesterday in the, in the service by video. If you want to check that out, you can, but uh, you know, we've been kind of at these, these emerging gen pizza nights and people, kind of lob John questions and John shares his own experience. It's amazing how much of his own life experience, not just his ministry leadership he's been sharing. And I've, I've just been watching kind of from my seat sitting beside him. You know, when he talks about seasons of debilitating anxiety as a person faithful in 42 years of ministry, I mean, the jaws are just dropping in the, in the in the group, and they they you can see them leaning in more, not just because of how he's talking about leading in church, but how he's just talking about living and growing, and experiencing Jesus. And so the it's it's really the light the life stuff. Someone one of our emerging gen called it adulting, <laughs> yeah. and uh, it's really just that stuff. That if you're an emerging gen listening to this. You know, we've got another one of these this coming Sunday on July the 10th from 5 to 7 p.m. I'd really encourage you to, to, to get to our St. Catharines location and give it a shot because it's been a lot of fun. Yeah, it has. And, it, you know, there's, uh, like I said, it, you know, it's, it's, it's overflow. It's asking, you know, the deep, meaningful questions that, you know, a lot of people can get something from. We've given four of these emerging gen these next four weeks worth of uh, preaching in July. They're going to record, or they've recorded already, but they're going to re- uh, deliver the recorded messages in our online service. And then each of them are going to rotate around, and we're going to have live preaching at all of our locations for the month of July. 
with these emerging gen. How, how are you feeling about that experiment? Yeah, I, I think that's uh, it, that's great. You know, the opportunity for the emerging gen to uh, participate in that, step outside their comfort zone. You know, it's it's only going to produce growth, growth for the community and growth for the emerging gen. I think it's fantastic. In that spirit, what we want to do during this month, the podcast is also activate the the voice of, of some of you who are going to participate in these conversations with us. So as we wrap up, I'll just kind of fire some kind of big picture, you know, faith and church questions and you can fire back, um, you know, as someone in your case, familiar specifically in our St. Catherine's location with the shelter, how would you say we're doing at, we call it fostering this friendship that makes a difference with the marginalized? How's, how's that going? I know your extended family has got, you know, very good relationships with residents and former residents. So talk about that experience and how that's going. Yeah. So I have, you know, you never truly understand, um, you know, plight and struggle until either you're, you're working with it or you're actually experiencing it yourself and you know the the experience it yourself is is one thing you truly understand but the southridge shelter like they have an enormous mission and task of navigating the gray day in and day out and they do a fantastic job of aiding and helping you know the marginalized take the next best step for all that comes by like the southridge shelter you know they they put they deliver hot meals and beds when, when they can be available, you know, shelter barbecues and could nights to, you know, taking uh, residents to, um, you know, baseball games. And, um, you know, it, it gives the marginalized a sense of belonging, that they matter, that there's help, that there's, you know, there's a, there's someone there to, that will listen to them and, you know, put them and recalibrate them in the, in the right direction. I, you know, they, I, I think the shelter, like, yeah, it's great. It's a great mm. uh, place. You've talked about uh, diversity. You've talked about equality and some of these things, you know, being really important to the emerging gen. I know in the last number of years, especially during COVID and the, the online services, uh, we started to kind of peel back, uh, you know, deeper layers of learning about, uh, racism and racial injustice. How's that been going? What have you been learning? What have you been seeing? So, uh, you know, I've, I've learned just how much I don't truly understand, you know, hmm. what my subconscious actions actually contribute to, you know, racial injustice and racism, you know, I, you know, through no fault of my own, like, uh, like there was a, I read a, it takes a, a village um, truth about racism, Dr. Drew G.I. Hart. Um, so that text, he, he quotes Chris Rock's uh, reframing uh, conversations on race. And so I'm, I'm reading it here. It, you know, it. so to say Obama is progressing, his progress is saying that he is the first black person that is qualified to be president. That's not black progress. That's white progress. There's been black people qualified to be president for hundreds of years. The question is, you know, my kids are smart, educated, beautiful, polite children. They have been smart, educated, beautiful, polite black children for hundreds of years. The advantage that my children have is that my children 
are encountering the nicest white people that America has ever produced. Let's hope America keeps producing nicer white people. <laughs> and, it, it, you know, it's thought-provoking because it truly makes you, you know, it's, and it's through no fault of our own. It's just our generational upbringing. But how much we actually subconsciously get in the way of, you know, the marginalized or, you know, form barriers, racial barriers, just through our subconscious actions, you know, and I watched, um, so my Heather, my wife has been watching this reality TV show called naked and, and afraid. And, uh, so almost like a, a social experiment experiment. And this, uh, uh, English speaking American lady is placed in the, the African, uh, Savannah with a, uh, South American Portuguese speaking man. They, none of them can converse in conversation. They can't speak Portuguese and or English. Yet there is some an expectation from the English speaking woman that the Portuguese man converses or tries to communicate in English. And, you know, you see how it really affects him to think that, you know, why, why am I having to work towards communicating in English hmm. when my language matters just as much? Hmm. And, you know, and it's not, it's not, she's not, um, um, maliciously being like that. It's just, you know, it's, you can almost, um, you can almost put yourself in her shoes that you've gone to a, a foreign country and almost expected them to converse in English, you know, when they speak Spanish or Portuguese or Thai or how, how, what, how, what, what language, you know, that's native tongue to them. And it, you know, it's those subconscious things that actually form these racial barriers that you subconsciously don't, don't know you're doing. And it's really, and that's the importance of having a diverse community from different beliefs or backgrounds to actually make us aware that we're doing these so they, they too can, you know, make better lives for themselves and children. Hmm. You talk about the influence of Heather, your wife, uh, certainly a, a, a strong faith woman and a strong leader. I know your mother-in-law pretty well. Another strong faith woman and a strong leader in in this whole kind of movement around Southridge of female leadership empowerment. How are you feeling all about, about all that? What do you see there? I, I the Brave Girls program, uh, I believe it's the Next Level Leadership program. Like great initiatives, you know the, the Brave Girls program to you know the empower the impressionable age group that it. Um, caters to you know it's ex extremely important for you know as for the future of our community as Southridge and as to society you know look there's you know if more women that are empowered you know to become like Jacinta Ardern the New Zealand uh, Prime Minister you know, sharing resiliency and compat and spreading compassion you know it, we can only improve as a society to combat community challenges and you know it's really exciting to see that Southridge is investing in that and really pushing that along that's awesome Zach I'm, I'm thrilled that you were able to sit down and, and share in this month of just gaining some of these fresh perspectives from the emerging gen around our community any final encouragements or challenges to our members and even to the leaders listening outside of Southridge you know when it comes to 
our emerging gens perspective on faith and church and its future? Um, I think to encourage the emerging gen to be bold, um, you know, to, to be uncomfortable in the safety of the community. Um, it's the only way that you're going to grow as a person, grow in your faith. Um, you know, I felt close to God when I was like, I'm a type five. I don't, I don't like being in front, in front of people at all. I would like to be the furthest thing around people. But <laughs> getting getting up on stage and getting immersed in baptism is by far the furthest thing. I was very uncomfortable in that, but I never felt closer to God in that moment. And mm. um, I think just to you know to put yourself out there and to you know be uncomfortable in order to grow. I think that's you know that's the only advice I'll give to emerging emerging gen. Fantastic. Thanks again for sitting down with us and uh, sharing your perspective. I love that you're part of this, and I'm excited to see what God does, not just in this month, but in the year ahead as we take steps in this direction. Thanks so much for being here, man. Yeah, thanks, Jeff. Appreciate it. Thanks. And uh, to all of you who tracked again this this week, uh, we'll see you in another week's time as we hear from another fresh perspective as we continue on this journey of finding our way together. Take care, everybody. 